Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, hello everybody. Welcome, my name is Chris. I'm so glad that we are gathered together. I'm glad that we gather together to worship. I'm glad that we gather together to open the scriptures. And I'm so excited to be able to be the one to do that with you uh, today. Honestly, like with my whole heart, I'm just gonna go for it today. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that the Holy Spirit uses it and speaks to us out of the scriptures. We're in a series right now called A Way Forward. And come on, haven't you, couldn't we use a way forward right now in our lives? Couldn't we use uh, a, a direction? If you've ever asked, where do I go from here? What do we do with all of this? The way forward, that's what we need. Uh, if you were to ask Jesus, what's the way forward? He would say, the kingdom of God. That's the way forward. How do we feel confident that that's what Jesus would say? Well, we think he would say that because that's the thing he talked most about. It seemed that everything he said was in the context of the way forward. This is how it should be lived out. Live it this way. So this is what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. I know it's been a blessing to me. I, I hope it has been to you as well. We've learned all kinds of things about this. Like the kingdom of God is actually here right now. The kingdom of God is, is any time that we recognize that Jesus is Lord or Jesus is King, and we're gonna live our lives oriented to that. Another way to say that is, what's going on in heaven right now? What's the society of heaven? What does that look like? Well, we just live that out here on earth. We don't wait for someday for that to happen. No, we can live it out right here, right now. The kingdom of God can be enacted now. That's one of the things we've learned. We've learned a couple other things. The kingdom of God is usually diametrically opposed to the kingdom of self or the kingdoms of this world. It's kind of an upside down kingdom. But the more you look at it, you realize it's actually the right side up. It's the way of love. It's the way of peace, of forgiveness. Who doesn't want to live in a world like that? That's why we live in the kingdom of God. We can enact this right now. Some of the other things that we've learned about is scripture says if we seek first the kingdom, that all of these things are added to us. But what's all these things? Kind of whatever we need. Because our source is God the Father and he supplies all that we need according to his riches and glory. That's good news. Last week we looked at this, that the kingdom of God is like a seed that's planted in our hearts. There's a promise in that. Because the kingdom of God is like a seed that's planted in our hearts, that means it's gonna grow. Have you ever wanted your faith to grow? Have you ever wanted the way of Jesus to grow in your world or grow in your life? If we tend to the soil of our life, if we're open to this, it's gonna grow because the kingdom seed of God has been planted in our hearts. Today, we get to talk about this topic, greatness. What does it take to be great in the kingdom of God? What do we do with power in the kingdom of God? Did you know this, that God actually does want you to be great in his kingdom? He's not opposed to you being great. This is good news because I think we all want to be great, right? Like seriously, who wants to be chosen last? Do you remember that moment when you were a kid and they're picking teams? No one wants to be chosen last. How about if you're playing a, a sports game or you're playing a, even a card game? Come on, you wanna, you're in it to win it, you know, aren't we? I remember even as a kid, I was, I was at the pool and I was just sick of losing races to my brother, sick of losing races to my friends. And I thought, you know what? It's time for these floaties to come off. It's time for greatness. And so this is what happened. I stepped up to the line there right in front of the pool and 
Off went the left floaty. Off went the right floaty. True story, I jumped in. This is my moment of greatness. And I began to swim. I did my, I just swam my hardest. And I kept going. Everything was flailing. But I had this new experience. I just kept sinking. And I was going for it, going for it, going for it. And I saw something I'd never seen before. And that was underwater. I saw feet and legs because the floaties always kept me above the water. But here now I'm sinking and I'm doing everything I can. This is my moment of greatness and I'm failing at it. And all of a sudden somebody crashed in. There was like a tidal wave right in front of me and somebody came underneath me and lifted me up. Now in that story, who was great? Was it me going for greatness? Or was it the person who jumped in and saved me? I'd like to thank some random woman in Wanamingo, wherever you are. I'm so grateful that you saved my life. Thank you. <laughs> she was great. And in the kingdom of God, it's like that. But in our lives, even as adults, we jump in the water for greatness just to swim and try and try and try. And we call this the rat race. The problem is, is that with the rat race, we actually can achieve some things. In the rat race, we actually sometimes do end up winning the problem is, is, if you win in the rat race, you're still a rat. <laughs> and who wants to be a rat? Walter Brueggemann says that. He's a great author. God has not designed us to run a race like a rat race. He's designed you to be a human being in his image. He has another way for you. It's not, as, it's not just try in your own strength kind of way. It's not just a try in your own kingdom kind of way. No, it's in his strength. He wants you to be great, but it's upside down. Would you open your Bible to Matthew chapter 18? This is when Jesus talked about what it's like to be great. We're in the part of the story here in Matthew where the disciples, they have been traveling with Jesus quite some time and they, uh, they now recognize that Jesus is way more than just a teacher. Yes, he teaches on the kingdom of God and it's great teachings and it's impactful and it changes their lives, but he's way more than a teacher. Okay, Jesus is also more than a prophet, they're realizing. Yes, Jesus can look into who you are and he can tell you about your past and he can tell you about your future and he can call things into you and out of you, but he's way more than a prophet. They've definitely come to recognize his miracles, but they recognize he's more than a miracle worker. Yes, he can restore your life. Yes, he can heal your body, but he's way more than that. He's claiming to be the son of God and they're coming to believe it. They're coming to believe it because they had this experience on this, the Mount of Transfiguration. You can read this story later. But essentially what happened is that Jesus' face glowed like, or glowed like the sun. And the heavens went open and we heard this voice and they said, this is my beloved son. Obey him, listen to him. And they start talking amongst themselves, these disciples, and they start saying, this kingdom of God thing that Jesus is talking about, this is actually gonna happen. Jesus really is the son of God. His father's going to give him a kingdom. If he's the king, what does that mean for us, guys? I mean, come on. Could we be great in this thing? Don't we want greatness? Well, I admire their courage because they actually asked Jesus, what's it like to be great? Let's read what it takes. Jesus says, this is Matthew 18, 1 through 4. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Amazing. 
Oh, come on, I've been studying this all week. I know you just heard it once there. I wanna read it to you again here in just a moment, but I wanna remind you, when Jesus, when they ask, hey, how do we be great? Who's the greatest in your kingdom? He doesn't say, greatness, I don't want you to be great. He doesn't berate them for wanting to greatness and wanting to have some power in their life or just, to, just simply to be great. He doesn't berate them for that. He just says it's a different way than what you're thinking. I want you to notice that. I also want you to notice that when the kingdom of heaven, remember, this is not someday. This is not the kingdom only in heaven. This is the kingdom of heaven living here right now in this moment on earth. Think about that, okay? Let me read it to you again. Let's check it out. At this time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Like right now, right now in this moment. He called a child to himself and set him before them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted, unless you are changed, converted is like rethink your life. Unless you rethink your life and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven right now in this moment. Whoever then humbles himself as a child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, right? Like in this moment, humbles himself. It's great in this moment. It's one of the things I love about Jesus is that he just does things so differently. He does them memorably. When they ask who does be great, he says, okay, how can I teach them this? All right, hey, 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 kid, would you come here? Come right here in our midst. Hey, guys, unless, if you want to be great right here, right now in this kingdom, you're going to have to be like a child. Why a child? I, I wonder if they're just scratching their heads wondering, why a child? I, I think it's, uh, here's a couple thoughts. One is I think it's because Jesus' primary way he lived his life was as a child. He referred to himself as the son of God all the time. He even recognized, even early in his life, we know that when he was lost, his parents uh, famously lost him. <laughs> And he was at the temple and they said, what have you been doing? And he said, I must be about my father's business. He knew that his primary relationship was to God, the father. Then even later in his baptism, he gets baptized and heaven split. And we hear this voice that comes and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And on that, Jesus steps out and does ministry. But his father relationship, he recognizes God loves me. My father loves me. He has, he has great favor on me. He's well pleased in me. And all throughout his ministry, as you read about it in the gospels, he's going away to talk with the father. Matter of fact, he says, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what my father says. Jesus knew what it's like to be a child. And even he taught us to pray our father. So maybe, maybe it wasn't such a head scratcher for the disciples in that way. He brings this child and says, you need to be like a child. And they're like, oh. That's what Jesus has been doing all along. Because if you relate to your father first, and we become like children. We recognize that something greater than us is our source. You know, if you search back, what does the word father mean there in the New Testament? If you search it all the way back, what it really means is source. So if we're children, we recognize that there is a source that is greater than us. And this source is the source of all of life. The source of all love. The source of all of the economies. The whole world is his. And if we become like children, we can become great. Relating to God is our source. I want to encourage us to do that today. What would that look like in your life? To stop striving for greatness on your own. 
but to be converted, to start rethinking your life, to say, okay, all right, I'm going to recognize God. You are my source. Everything I need can flow from your hand. Lord, I'm open to that. I think he wants you to be great in his kingdom, but it's going to come from him. It's going to come sourced through him. Why a child? Some, a couple other thoughts on this is that I think maybe he picked this child because children learn. That's why he said you got to be converted. You got to rethink your life. You know, as a parent myself, one of the things I was astounded by in raising kids uh, is, is that I was surprised at how little kids actually know <laughs> or how little they come in as babies. And they literally, we all, we can't do anything for ourselves. We have to rely on another source. And children just rely naturally on another source. But they are like learning machines. Everything has to be learned. They have to learn who their family is. They have to learn uh, what to do with all their feelings. What happens when I have some anger? What happens when I have an issue with my, my friend or my brother? The same is true in this new kingdom. In the kingdom of God that is here right now, we are, have to come to it as children and to rethink our whole life. Well, who is my family now? Is it my family of origin or is it much wider? Oh, it's much wider. You got to rethink it. You got to become like a kid again. Uh, all right, well, how do I deal with anger? Well, you got to rethink that. You got to look to your source and say, what do I do, Lord? What is your kingdom way of doing this? What's the way forward here? You have to become like a child. Rethink it all. Relearn it all. Relearn economics. Relearn huh, the politics. Relearn how the systems work because it's different. It's upside down, and your father will teach it to you if you're willing to come as a child. But you have to come humbly. Humility is not just the goal. Humility is the way. Humility is the journey. That's the thing. We got to go for it to say, All right, I'm, Lord, I'm willing to be a child. But Lord, you have to teach me, and I'm willing to humble myself. And if you can do that, you can be great. So from that example of this child, then Jesus lobs into, for the next couple chapters, he goes right into all kinds of things. Here's how you relearn your life. In this system, in this way forward, guys, the father wants us to protect the vulnerable. He talks about that quite a bit. Then he, and so they're like, okay, they're taking notes. All right, we're good with that one. Then he says, and if somebody has something against you, you got to relearn how to do that too. You actually just go to them. You mean we don't berate them or shame them? We don't talk behind their back? Nope, not in this kingdom. No children, we're learning another way. The way forward here is you just go to them and you reconcile with them. And then you forgive them, he goes on to say. They say, oh, forgive them. Are you sure they shouldn't have like pendants to pay? Are you sure there shouldn't be a ritual involved? No, you just, you just forgive them. They say, well, how many times do we have to forgive? As many times as you've been forgiven, child. Oh, oh, oh. Well, what about economics and riches? Yeah, you're gonna have to learn that too. Your riches are to be used for the poor. This is a hard saying. And Peter even speaks up and he's like, hey, hey, what, this is so hard. Is this even possible? And Jesus said, oh, the things that are impossible with man are possible with your source, with God. That's good news. God does want you to be great. God does want you in this way. He wants you to live in a way of greatness, but you have to learn it from your source. And it is possible, friends. It is possible. Believe it, receive it, and the world will be so grateful that you did. Emulate your father. You know, even my son, I remember uh, as a, 
as, when he's growing up, he was just learning to talk and he was just learning his mother's name. And I remember one time he's yelling up the stairs and he starts saying, mom, mom, mom. And then no, there was no answer. She was busy. So he says, Emily, Emily, Emily. There was no answer. Finally, he says, babe. And she said, what? And I looked at him and I said, where'd you learn that? He said, you call her babe. I said, all right. He's just emulating what he saw. I said, by the way, I'm the only one that can call her that. And it was a funny moment. But the truth here is, is that we need to emulate our father in heaven in all the ways that matter all the ways that matter. So did the disciples learn this lesson? Let's check this out. This is just two chapters later in chapter 20. I want to read this to you. And we're going to see, did they learn this lesson of humility? Are they getting this greatness thing? This is Matthew 20, verse 20. It says, then the mother of James and John, which James and John were the disciples that heard this in the, the first thing that we talked about in chapter 18. So they learned about being a child. This is them. They're learning it again now. The mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons, and she knelt down respectfully to ask for a favor. I like that. They knelt down respectfully. What's your request, Jesus asked. She replied, in your kingdom, which is here and now and coming, please let my two sons sit in a place of honor next to you, one on your right, one on your left. Jesus answered and said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? He's talking about going to the cross. And they replied, oh yes, we are able. In their own strength, they're replying this. Jesus told them, you indeed will drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right and my left. My father, here's this son-father thing again. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Then the 10 other disciples heard James and John, what they had asked, and they were indignant. They were like, guys, didn't you hear what Jesus just talked to us about just a little earlier? What are you doing asking this? And they were indignant. But Jesus called these indignant group together, called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Would you say that with me? It will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. They hadn't yet gotten it. They're wanting to sit in places of honor. They're wanting to rule in this kingdom over people. He says, no, it's not about that. See what was going on in, in, that, in that day, there was primarily two systems that were working. There was a religious system and there was a political system. And they both worked kind of similarly in the sense that there were sets of rules and that there was, you will follow these rules or else. It was kind of fear-based. You need to follow these or else there will be public shame involved. Both systems had that. And both systems had this ultimate power that the, the, that the systems of this world love to run on. And that is ultimately the power to take your life. The power to kill. The church, the, if you will, the, the religious system, if you didn't follow the rules, yes, there would be shame and it's all fear-based, but ultimately they could take your life and they took Jesus' life. The political system, the same thing. You follow our rules or else 
We lord this over you because we have the ultimate power. And they ultimately took Jesus' life. But the thing about Jesus is he lives another way. Jesus said, that's fine. Let these systems do the worst to me. I'll drink the bitter cup. I'll absorb the blow. And I will ask my father to forgive you. I will love you in the midst of it. And that's what happened. He went to the cross. He served us all. He showed us what God was really like. A God that would love his enemies. That would rather go to the cross than to kill his own enemies. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the king of this kingdom. That is the way forward. Self-sacrificial love. An upside down kingdom. A kingdom that is built on humility. That is the way. And let me tell you, there is no way forward without the cross. There's no way forward without forgiveness. There's no way forward without a love that is self-sacrificial. There is no way forward without humility. Christ showed us that on the cross. He goes down into death. But the thing is, is that the father would not let that be the end because the father loves the son. The father loves his sons and daughters. And if we go down into death in humility, he lifts up the humble and he gave Jesus the name that is above every other name that every knee should bow. Every tongue confess that he is Lord. He is the king of the way forward. He refounded the world in its systems that are ultimately based on a power to rule over in fear and ultimately the power to kill. He says, no, no, no. We're going to love our enemies. But in order to start doing that, in order to start living that kind of way, we got to become like children to say, Father, teach me. I want to emulate the kind of love you show. I want to serve the world. If you want to be great in this kingdom and he wants you to be great because we need great ones in this world, serve. What would it look like to be great in your world? What would it look like if King Jesus was living your life? Because the way forward Jesus could live that way out. And he wants you to be great to live it out. What would it look like as a mother, as a father, to live in your own household as somebody like Jesus? With humility. What would it look like for you, yourself, to become a child again and say, Lord, teach me, Father, how to be a father? What would it look like as a business owner to say, okay, we have these employees. How do we come underneath them and serve them? What would it look like in the economics of this new kingdom of a way forward to say, how do we distribute some of this to where you can rise, come underneath you and pull you up? That's greatness. What would it look like in your life? I'll tell you what, whatever it would look like, that's the kind of world I want to live in. Don't you want to live in a world like that? That says, you know what? I'm willing to come underneath and serve. I'm willing to relearn Jesus your way. And I know this, that the Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit to each and every one of us to help us live it out. Remember, the kingdom of God is here right now. You can live this out. Remember that the kingdom of God is the seed that is planted in your heart. It will grow if we will humble ourselves like children and say, Lord, help us relearn it. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for us because I want our communities to be great. I want you to be great. I want to be great in the kingdom of God as well. And I want the Lord to teach us how, to show us how. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so grateful that you taught us about this.
Lord, I thank you that you want us to be great in the kingdom. You want us to operate out of love and humility, out of forgiveness. Lord, we see that this is the way forward. And Lord, we love you for showing us the way forward. Thank you, Lord, for showing us that. Thank you for going to the cross. And thank you for rising again, or that we might rise in life too. Lord, we want to come to you. We submit to you, Heavenly Father. And we say, teach us your sons and daughters a new way. Teach us how to relate to one another. Teach us the way forward. Teach us the way of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that we would learn these lessons quickly because our community needs this type of greatness. Lord, I pray that it would be said of Hosanna that there are thousands of great people there that are changing their communities, lifting up their families, lifting their communities, lifting up the world that you so dearly love. So, Lord, would you do this in our lives? In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Church, I'm so grateful to speak with you today. Thank you so much for being with us. As is our custom, we have some uh, questions that we're going to put up on the, on the screen. That's just meant for you and your loved ones or your, your people, whatever that means. Invite some people over just to chat about what are these questions and how can we work this way of Jesus out and the way forward a little deeper into our lives. So check those questions out. It'd be my honor to uh, pray or uh, to bless you right now and just to speak this blessing over your life. Would you receive this? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor give you his peace. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for being together today.